Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is a day called Maundy Thursday. I've preached a couple of Maundy Thursdays, and I love preaching Maundy Thursday because it gets right to the core of who Christ calls us to be as his people. What a better setup for a preacher than Jesus saying, tell them who they should be. That's what we're here to do. Pastor Doug and I are here to proclaim the good news of Christ and him crucified to you and to help you to see how Christ is calling you to live as a member of his body, as a disciple of his church. And so what a joy it is to stand before you to preach the word tonight. But I'll be honest, preaching on communion, the Lord's Supper, the Holy Sacrament, the Eucharist, it's challenging because so much has been said about it and so little is truly understood about it. Tonight, I want to talk about this idea of the real presence. The real presence of Christ in the sacrament. I'm not going to give you a seminary lecture on what it means that Christ is really present in the sacrament using a bunch of Latin phrases. But what I am going to do is try to use the simple words of Jesus given tonight in our text. The simple words of Paul elucidating to the people of God the message of Christ on this night when he was betrayed. I'm going to try my best to help you understand and to walk in that way the way of one who is called to be a disciple of Christ. And so I'm going to dig into my Bible today. I have my, my verses printed here, but if you have a Bible on your phone, or if you brought a Bible, go ahead and pull that out um, and follow along with me. The first thing I want to read tonight is from our epistle lesson, our epistle from 1 Corinthians. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, For I received from Christ what I also passed on to you, The Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And this last line in particular is one I want to highlight. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, indeed 10, 11, and 12, when taken in context, show Paul's beautiful picture for you and for me of the idea of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ given and shed for you. This immeasurable pouring out of grace as Christ goes to his own death and turns that death into a beautiful gift given and shed for you. This idea of the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12 is not exactly very simple though. Paul is way smarter than me. And he does a way better job of describing it than I ever can. So if you feel like understanding what this concept of the body and the blood of Christ really mean, that's where you find your answers. Indeed, that and a few other selections from scriptures from 
the Gospels and from the Epistle is where we in the Lutheran Church get all of our doctrine about the Lord's Supper. There are many other denominations that try to bring rational understanding and logic and philosophy into the equation, but in the Lutheran Church, we simply say what the Word of God says. And we allow mysteries to be mysteries where they are found. But this is what I want to get across. The real presence in the sacrament matters. But I don't have to tell the people that are here tonight. I don't need to tell the people who are at home tonight who are part of our body of believers here at King of Kings. Because, frankly, brothers and sisters in Christ, we say this every other week. And we have said it every other week, at least since you've been here. The communion confession that we have is something that we hold pretty special here. It sometimes becomes kind of rote and repetitious to us, but do you ever take a moment to stop and really think about what it is that you're confessing before you take communion? If you have your bulletin, go ahead and turn it over to page 12. We're going to do this a little bit later, so I don't want to spoil it too much, but one of the things I want to do is to walk through your response in preparation for the Lord's Supper. We begin with a statement of confession. I recognize and confess that I'm a sinner and I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. That's the right method by which we should approach the Lord's table. Humbly confessing our sin before God. The second is a statement of understanding of where the solution to our sin problem comes from. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. We confess and then quickly are reminded by these words of where our salvation is found. And then we move into these two promises, these two statements, these two near-creedal statements declaring what it is that we believe about the real presence of Christ. The first is this, and this is what we believe in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. This is what we believe from what the testimony of the Scriptures tells us about the sacrament that we partake in. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive His true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. These are words directly quoted from the Augsburg Confession article, I believe it's 20 actually, not 10. So I think we have it printed wrong in our bulletin. Article 20 of the Augsburg Confession is about the Lord's Supper. And it showcases for us who we are as we approach the table. We are simple receivers of the good gift that Christ has for us. We receive His body and blood, and the phrase is often stated, in, with, and under the bread and the wine. And it is truly present there. That's what we believe. How do I describe that? How do I uh, explain that? Frankly, I don't know. I'm not Paul. I'm not Peter. I'm not a seminary professor. And frankly, even their descriptions fall short of the majesty of the miracle that happens when Christ's body and blood is sacrificed, given for you and for me. Given and shed for you and for me. We have this amazing promise 
that we cling to as we approach the table, that the thing that we are receiving has power, power to forgive sins, power to give us the only source of lasting strength for our faith and for our life. And so like a, a person dying of thirst in the wilderness approaches a, an oasis of clean water, we approach the table of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, desperate and crying out for that which can forgive us and give us strength. So that, and the next line is equally important. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in His body, the church, by regular group worship, sacrificial giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Have we ever really stopped to think about what we are promising here? I resolve to dedicate my life. How often do you use that kind of language in your day-to-day living? How often do you say, I dedicate the entire fiber of my being to something? That's what we promise every single time we approach the Lord's table. I resolve to dedicate my life to a few things. The service of my Lord and His body, the church. That's the first. Regular group worship, gathering together, sacrificial giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. If you want to know what it is to live as a disciple of Christ, I believe these words express beautifully from Romans chapter 12 what it is to be a disciple of Christ, to be one who approaches the sacrament of the altar first in confession, acknowledging where our salvation comes from, Acknowledging the real presence of Christ and the power of the sacrament. And then acknowledging that because of this power, because of the salvation we have in Christ, that we resolve to dedicate our life to these things. That is what it is to be a disciple of Christ. To dedicate every fiber of your being to these things is of primary importance in how you dedicate your time, how you apply your your resources, how you raise your children, how you love your spouse, how you go to work on Monday morning. Everything you do is resolved to dedicate to these things. And it's beautiful. It gives us purpose. It gives us meaning in this life. We don't get out of bed in the morning and wonder what we're all about. We know that we resolve ourselves to these things. The first and foremost of them is that I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in His body, the church. Have you ever thought about what it means to be the body of Christ? Because you are. Not only do you receive the body and the blood of Jesus at the sacrament, you are the body and the blood of Christ living and active today. You are the church. You are not impotent in this world. You have power. You are not without purpose and meaning. You have meaning. You have purpose because you are a member of the body of Christ. We have this reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just the very next chapter after our epistle reading today, where Paul says these words, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 
In Romans chapter 12, he writes these words to clarify what he's saying here. He says, Just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though we are many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I resolve to dedicate my life in service to my Lord and His body, the church. In this statement, we see a beautiful promise by ourselves to give our lives to our Savior Jesus Christ, but also to one another. To be in service to the body of Christ means to be a brother and sister in Christ to each person that's here tonight, each person that's joined us, and each person who can't join us but is a part of our community of faith. Resolve to dedicate your life and see what Christ does. See the promise that he gives you in the sacrament to empower you and strengthen you in faith, to give you purpose and meaning in this life as a member of his body. You'll see the amazing promises that he has for you and for me. There is a real gut-wrenching thing going on today in, in our church and in churches across the world where we are not able to give hugs to one another. We're not able to walk beside or put our arm around people who are hurting. We are not there to be able to watch people's kids. We are not there to be able to shake hands in the middle of the service, giving the hand of fellowship. We're not able to circle around the table of our Lord. These are the things that I am absolutely giddy in when I think about them, that we can do these things again. How, how much for granted did we take that three-minute walking around and shaking hands with people in the middle of the service? Not anymore. When that returns, and when we feel safe, and we don't have any bearing on our conscience or worry about getting somebody else sick, think about what a joy it will be to simply walk up to somebody, look them in the eye, and say, peace of Christ be with you, and shake their hand. What an absolute joy it will be the first time we get to do that. What an absolute joy it will be as we can approach the altar of our Lord and our Savior and kneel next to our brother and sister in Christ and receive His body and blood. What a joy it will be. It's a shame that we are not able to do that these days, but it helps us to realize and to acknowledge the things that we have been missing, the things perhaps we took for granted, and the things I hope we will never take for granted again. We are the body of Christ, living and active in the world today. And so as we acknowledge the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, we acknowledge the importance within His body, the church, for each of us to be really present in His body. We commit ourselves, we resolve to dedicate our lives to something of meaning and purpose. And we are shaked at our core by the promise of God given to us at the sacrament of the altar. We are moved to the core with love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we promise and dedicate ourselves to be really present, to be all in, to dedicate ourselves to this thing we call the church to resolve to serve our Lord and our Master Jesus Christ and His body, the church, the brothers and sisters that sit right next to us. That is a beautiful depiction of what the church is supposed to be. 
We as sinners often fall short of, short of that expectation, but I think that one thing COVID has really done for us is see what is really important and to rededicate ourselves to this work of the church, to rededicate ourselves to being really present and dedicated to what it is Christ is trying to do in this place. That is a, a joy and a blessing which I cannot wait for, but it's nothing new. Indeed, this, this command of our Lord is why we are here tonight on Monday, Thursday. As Pastor Doug said at the beginning of the service, Monday, Thursday means the, the Thursday of the mandate. Christ said, I give you a new command, a new mandate. And what is it? Love. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, so should you love one another. He says this, do you know when? Right after he breaks bread with them. Right after he drinks a cup with them. He shares with them the mandate of love for one another. And so in our communion confession, we have it displayed that way. We see the power in the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ, and then we move from there into this mandate to show love for our brothers and sisters seated right next to us. To show love for the body of Christ. That is what Monday Thursday is about, to see these two tensions held together in perfect communion. To see God commanding us to love one another and God freely giving us the good gifts of His body and blood to sustain us, to strengthen us, to forgive us of our sins. That is the daily walk that we as Christians get to endeavor upon. And we should take joy in that. And we should see our lives transformed because of it. We should join in the mandate. We should resolve to dedicate our lives. We should be really, really present in the body of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this night I give thanks to You for Your mandate to us. Your great command to love. We know that all things come back to love. You went to the cross for us because of love. You gave us this good gift of communion because of Your love. You showcase and shower upon us Your abundant blessings every day because You love us. You have given us family, friends, work, a purpose because of Your love for us. Help us here today to highly and firmly resolve to dedicate our lives to the service of our Lord in His body, the church. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.